This is the message from Connection Community Church for the Sunday, April 21st, 2013. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, now open us up so that we might receive you in a new way, learn about you, and say, I believe in you. We give this time to you now. In the name of God, the Father Almighty, Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. So, so far we've talked about God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and then last week we talked about Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Trinity, now that's a word that you will not find in Scripture, but everything in Scripture supports the Trinity. We believe in one God in three persons. The three persons are distinct, yet are one substance, one essence, one nature. If you're trying to figure this out, you won't. It's a holy mystery. I'd like to say that again. It's a holy mystery. So what is this? A holy mystery. Okay, now that we have that established, this holy mystery, this idea of the Trinity, like so many God things, are things that we just don't understand, we can't comprehend. Because we don't have the mind of God, thank God. The Holy Spirit... With each person, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are each individual and unique, yet are all God, completely. The three are co-equal, co-eternal, consubstantial. And you know, to try to wrap our brains around things that are complicated or hard to grasp, we often use analogies, you know, it's something's like this, or an analogy, and we often, there are a lot of analogies for the, for the Trinity. The trouble is analogies, if you look at them deep enough, sooner or later they always break down. There's always a, a flaw. Like some people would say, oh, uh, the Trinity is like an egg, you know, an egg has three parts, the shell and the white and the yolk. Yeah, but it's not like part of the Trinity's in the middle and surrounded by that and surrounded by that, so that's where it breaks down. Or I've heard, well, it's like water, ice, and steam, you know, it's all the same thing, but just different forms. Well, yeah, but that breaks down too because water becomes, uh, uh, ice becomes water, water becomes steam. Father does not become son in the Trinity. Uh, Father does not become, they are distinct. That one of the best ones, I didn't use this at the other ones, but St. Patrick in Ireland used a very natural analogy, the three-leaf clover. You know, you got the three leaves representing Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and all are clover, yet all are distinct. In some ways, that's a, that's a pretty good analogy, actually. Um, you know, the similar substance and all. But again, it doesn't quite grasp it. 
There's a diagram that I found over the years that helps me a little bit put my brain around this thing. And God, you have God, and we see that the Father is God, and the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And yet, Father is not Son, Son is not Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is not Father. <laughs> not, isn't, never will be. And the thing is, each is fully God, yet as Carrie said, each distinct from one another. And since, e and since each is fully God, the Trinity has existed from forever. It has never not existed. Uh, in other words, at creation, it wasn't God the Father. It was the Father, Son, Holy Spirit that brought things into being. And so uh, this, there was a time and a place where this person, Jesus, came into the world and, and received the name Jesus. Didn't have the name Jesus before that. Remember, you shall call him Jesus. And so we think, oh, is that where Jesus started? Well, actually, that second person of the Trinity, the Son, even though it wasn't called Jesus in the Old Testament, that Son existed and for all time, has always been, always will be, always is. That's, that's kind of the challenge there, that uh, the entire Trinity has existed for eternity. Holy mystery. Likewise, God's Holy Spirit. We see this in the very beginning of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 2. We shared this verse the week that we talked about God the Father, and it bears repeating today. Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the what? Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, in the Old Testament, <clears throat> the reference is usually to um, the Spirit or the Spirit of God. We don't see the term Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. It must be a New Testament thing or something. It must come after Jesus, that, that wording anyway. That doesn't mean that the Spirit of God didn't exist, though. In the Old Testament, in Hebrew, uh, there's a couple different words for spirit, but the one you find most often used, especially in reference to the Spirit of God, is the word ruach, R-U-A-C-H, ruach, which means, obviously, spirit, but it also means breath or wind. You see the connection there between spirit and breath and wind? And so it's really cool when you're reading, like, Old Testament, and you read, like, where God breathed his breath into, into, to bring life into us. Well, he's breathing his spirit in. Isn't that cool? And when you hear, um, like, um, uh, I guess it was uh, one of those guys on the mountain, the prophet, my brain's having a freeze right now, he's on the mountain, and, and the wind came through. The breeze, you know, Gosh. it's the spirit of God. It's, the, it's really cool when you start realizing how that thing crosses over there. It's just cool. In the second part of the Bible, we call that the New Testament. The first mention of the Holy Spirit is in connection with the birth of Jesus. Both Mary, Jesus' mom, and Joseph, her fiancé, they were visited by an angel of God and told, who told Mary that she would become pregnant. The child in her conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then 30 years later, as Jesus is about to begin his ministry, he's baptized and the Holy Spirit is there. We read this in Matthew 3, 16 through 17. This is the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture. And when Jesus had been baptized, 
just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This scripture shows us the Trinity. It is really cool. We've got Jesus who had been baptized, the heavens opened, and he saw what? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, lighting on him. And then we've got the voice from heaven, which is God. This is my son. This is an incredible scripture where we see all three. Can you just imagine being on a hillside that day and witnessing that? It would have been incredible. And so when he's baptized, then he comes up, and then filled with the Holy Spirit, the scriptures tell us, Jesus returned from the river Jordan and was led by that same spirit, the Holy Spirit, out into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Boy, that's a heck of a way to start your ministry, isn't it? I think maybe uh, he was being shored up for some of the stuff that he was going to encounter. Um, but th- check it out, though. He was filled with the Spirit. And so Jesus, even though he's tempted by the Spirit, ne- by the evil one, never gave in to Satan, but instead relied on God's Word to combat what Satan threw at him. And there's a great lesson for us in here. We need to rely on God's Word and God's Holy Spirit for the power and strength to combat the assaults of Satan. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. And the Greek word for spirit is pneuma. Pneuma, it means wind, breath, spirit, things having having no material substance very similar to the word ruach in Hebrew. So the Holy Spirit is expressed in the New Testament as hagios pneuma. Hagios means holy, pneuma spirit. Hagios pneuma is Holy Spirit. Say those words with me. Hagios pneuma. You can tell all your friends you speak Greek now. Hey, pneuma is a root, you probably know this, is a root for words in English like the word pneumatic. You know, where a pneumatic drill, which is powered by compressed air. Compressed air. And so, it's kind of cool when you think about it. We're kind of pneumatic, except we're hagio-pneumatic. We're powered by the Holy Spirit, aren't we? So, we've got that kind of power. There you go. Last week, uh, you heard how Jesus shared with his disciples that he would not leave them as orphans, but that he would send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, another, a counselor, the spirit of truth. We see this as Jesus speaks in John chapter 14. Words of Jesus, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Say the rest with me, please. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. That is 
a great scripture for us, especially this week. Mm -hmm. God's promise, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And notice that second sentence there where it says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, so that's, a, that's a word for Holy Spirit, the advocate. In the Greek, which this was translated from, that word is parakletos. Parakletos, we would use the word paraclete, and of course that means advocate, that's why you translate it like that. But it also has other meanings, which also shares with us some insight into the Holy Spirit. Parakletos also means counselor, also means comforter, also means intercessor on behalf of, helper, encourager, one who speaks in defense of. Thus the Holy Spirit offers us counsel and comfort while also being our advocate. The Holy Spirit helps us as the Holy Spirit empowers us while encouraging and speaking in our defense. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor working on our behalf. The Holy Spirit speaks on our behalf even when we don't know what to say. The Apostle Paul shared this with us in Romans 8, 26. We're going to use the New American Standard Bible uh, translation because I like the way it shares it. <laughs> I just think it just captures it so well here. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Can you just kind of feel that, how this the groanings too deep for words and take our, our prayers that we can't even verbalize to God the Father? Wow. An example of that was when I was praying for Boston and really got to a point that I didn't know what to pray. The good news is that when we all hit those points in our lives where things are so deep or so painful, so difficult, that, and we don't have the words to say, the Holy Spirit takes those prayers to God the Father and speaks on our behalf. That's the promise that Jesus gives us in the Holy Spirit. There are several places in the New Testament where we read about what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, among many things, fills us with gifts, spiritual gifts. We find this in several places, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. I love this portion of scripture because it tells us that every believer is promised at least one gift. You see, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are filled with the Spirit this Holy Spirit power, and it's important for us to recognize that and tap into that. I think oftentimes it's like, yeah, Jesus is in my heart, but there's so much more to that where we operate in the Spirit. Well, these spiritual gifts, everybody, every believer is given when they're gifts like compassion, leadership, helps, you know, 
artistic like craftsmanship and ability and administration and mercy and there's lots and lots of them they're given by the holy <coughs> spirit an example of this would be um i took piano lessons for 12 years and i learned classical piano i can play bach and beethoven and all those kinds of things and i could go over to this keyboard and play the chords that are on that sheet. I could do it, but it would take me an incredible amount of practice and lots of angst to pull it off. Now the best I could do would be play the chords. Diane Laird has a spiritual gift where she looks at that piece of paper and it's just the chords that I see, but she's able to allow God to flow through her and do all the things that we hear to help us enter into worship. You see, spiritual gifts are used to build up, to edify the church, and to glorify God. You, if you're a believer, have been given at least one gift. Now here's the thing, the Holy Spirit, Spirit is in charge of this, not us. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be singing up here every week. The Holy Spirit is in charge of this, not us. We don't get to choose. Oh, I want that gift. No, the Holy Spirit gives us what we're <laughs> supposed to have. The important thing is, though, when we are given the gift, and you can explore that through network and you know, it's a great way to identify spiritual gifts. It's important to use the gifts. God does not want us to waste our gifts. Mm. When Jesus was um, preparing to, for his uh, crucifixion, he was preparing the disciples, he shared with them that, um, that he was going to uh, pray to the Father to, to, to bring the Holy Spirit to them. When he was gone, the Holy Spirit would be with them. And, and we see that promise delivered uh, when we read the second chapter of the book of Acts. And we see on the day of Pentecost, day of Pentecost for them was a Jewish holiday celebrating where God gave uh, Moses the law on Mount Sinai, and it also was a, a celebration of the harvest. Now, we've taken it on because of what I'm going to tell you as a Christian holiday, but it's an old Jewish holiday, which was a huge holiday. And people in Jerusalem from all over the place would come to Jerusalem and speak many languages because they were from many different countries to celebrate this, this great feast and holiday there. And so the disciples were gathered to celebrate. Again, many, uh, many scholars think it was in that same upper room where they had had their last supper, same upper room where after Jesus resurrected, he kind of walked in even though the door was locked and, and joined them to show them that, that he in fact uh, resurrected from the dead. Well, that, 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 was pretty, that was pretty big stuff. Jesus joined them there. That was uh, that room, pretty, pretty big stuff. But the... Um, well, they're in that room this time, the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit just visits big time. I mean, it's just like crazy. There was a sound, the scripture tells us, like a violent gale force wind coming from heaven and filling the whole house. I'm thinking it must have felt, it must have seemed like a tornado or a hurricane or something in that place. That must have been just, just extremely intense. And then the disciples saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. It's getting wilder by the minute, isn't it? Now, that's not all, though. 
we're told that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages, languages they didn't know, and enabled to do so by the Holy Spirit. Where was Holy Spirit when I was taking Spanish, you know? <laughs> this, this would have been immensely helpful. Um, they were able to speak to the people from all over the place who were there in Jerusalem in those guys' native language, which they'd never uttered a word of in their life. And they're speaking fluently, it doesn't tell us this, but I'm sure it's to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why the Holy Spirit's empowering them. That's why the Holy Spirit empowers them. They glorify God and to edify others, to build up the body, and in this case, to share the story of Jesus Christ. Just an incredible, just incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit that day. So I, I told the other two services, so I may as well tell you right now. I've been praying for that, for this congregation, so when a mighty wind comes through and flames are everywhere and you're speaking in other languages to build up the body of Christ and share the gospel, get surprised. ready, because I'm praying for that in the name of Jesus Christ, so don't, don't be, be afraid. Surprised. It will be pretty wild, though. It will it? be awesome. Wow. We've seen glimpses of Pentecost moments throughout our 10-year history, absolutely. And I just want, we want more, 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 <laughs> more. So we have Peter. It's the same Peter that denied Christ, that turned his back on Jesus. The Holy Spirit <coughs> filled Peter after Jesus, you know, had risen to be with his father. He filled Peter so much that he wasn't afraid anymore. He didn't deny Christ, but he stood up with Holy Spirit power and preached the sermon of his life. On Pentecost. On Pentecost. 3,000 people were baptized. There were new believers. It was awesome. That Holy Spirit power is available to us today. This isn't just a history lesson. This is Holy Spirit stuff. Holy Spirit moved thousands of people. The Holy Spirit's moved thousands of people here over the years, and we continue to claim Holy Spirit power. When we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Mm. How many of you said the Apostles' Creed before at some time in your life? Maybe even here for a baptism or whatever. So you've all said, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It's easy to say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It just kind of rolls off six words. I believe in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that we recognize, I mean, it does. We recognize that the Holy Spirit exists. Yeah. Uh, but that really doesn't capture it. It doesn't mean that um, I know the Holy Spirit is around and did these things. That, that's part of it, too, but that's not really what we're talking about. When we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, when you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. What you're saying is, I believe the Holy Spirit is a real person, not a flesh and blood person, but the third person of the Trinity. You're saying that this person, this Holy Spirit person, is all about power, because that's the Holy Spirit. When you read Holy Spirit, it's all about power, and it's power that we can't imagine. It's power so far beyond our imagination. Just, it's the kind of power that brings a wind into the house, that brings tongues of fire, that allows people to speak in a language other than this language that they know, that allows Peter, who was a wussy just not too long before, stand up in front of thousands of people and deliver the message of Jesus Christ, and 3,000 of them get baptized that day. That's the kind of power we're talking about here, power that we can't even begin to imagine. Amen? Yeah. 
Amen. Amen. The power, breath, wind, spirit of God. When you're saying, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you're saying the Holy Spirit has the power to comfort you even in times when you can't imagine being comforted. The Holy Spirit has the power to counsel you beyond your wildest counseling imagination, has the power to speak on your behalf when you don't even know what to say and take your needs, your desires, your sorrows, your challenges to God the Father when you don't even know what to say. When you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you are saying that you believe the Holy Spirit has the power to encourage you beyond your own imagination, but God's imagination to be used by God. When you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, it allows you to trust and get out of the box and be used for God's glory to build up the church. I'm not talking about these walls. I'm talking about the body of Christ here out in the world to reflect Christ, to have the guts, to have the conviction, to say things, to do things that even surprise you. It allows you access to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. When you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, what you're saying is, I believe that this third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, has the power to truly bring out that person that God, Jesus said I was. Remember he said, when you believe in me, you're a new person. The old is gone, the new has come. Well, the Holy Spirit gives us the power, gives you the power to be that person that you never were before. That's kind of like speaking a language you never spoke, isn't it? Being a person you never were. That means when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, what we're saying is, I believe that God has the power through the Holy Spirit to, to take me from where I was to who God wants me to be. Has the power to take me from who I was to the person that God intended me to be when God first thought of me. To take me from the person who's been all junked up by the world. You know what I mean by junked up, right? All this junk and uh, has the power to strip that away, strip it down until I am the very essence of the person that God created and intended me to be. That's what it means when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in this power that is so beyond my imagination, and yet I believe that God allows me to tap into that power, little old me, little old you. Isn't that awesome? Allows us to tap into power beyond our imagination. Allows us to realize things that we never even could have begun to imagine. But the Holy Spirit allows us to imagine those things, the things Jesus promised. You know, here our, our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the life that he offers. The Holy Spirit gives us the power that we need to enjoy and become and share in the life that Jesus offers. Amen? Amen. So, if you truly believe that, that means you're opening yourself up to that Holy Spirit, to that Holy Spirit power. I believe means bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. And I tell you, if you say bring it on, you better be ready. That's a lot to latch on to. 
yeah, bring it on. You know, we, we pray a lot to God the Father, we pray a lot to Jesus. We don't pray much to the Holy Spirit, do we? I encourage you, and I'm talking to myself now, to talk more to the Holy Spirit. Power. Holy Spirit power. If you truly believe, though, like we've been talking about, if you truly believe, say those six words with me, that part of the creed that we say. And the six words are, I believe, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Say it with me if you really mean it. I believe, I believe in, in the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now let's say it with a little gusto. I believe, I believe in, in the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Now let's say it like we really believe. Can you put your hands up? I know this is, this is a Methodist church. I know we're getting kind of crazy here. <laughs> See, this is a great way to receive God. You go like this or this. It's like, this doesn't say stay away. This says, here, take me. And if you go like this, it's like I'm just ready to receive it, Lord. Isn't that cool? So let's really say it with a little Holy Spirit power. I, I believe, believe in the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Holy Spirit, please help us to, to know you, to be open to you to realize that you have power beyond our imagination, just waiting for us to tap into it to say, come Holy Spirit, fill us with your power, fill us with your love, fill us with what it takes to be the person God intended when God first thought of us. Please fill us and allow us to move from a yes to Jesus to that transformed holy life that he offers. We ask these things in the power of the Holy Spirit all Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.